This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Citizens, welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is the show that does not try to bend the bullet. That's impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth. There is, there is no, no bullet. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Then you'll done. see that is not the bullet that bends. It is yourself. Wow. That would you some some kind of oracle or something over there? That is going to be the smartest thing said scientifically about this film that we're talking about today. <laughs> as far as physics are concerned. We had Lucy only a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Well, we took science and we just punted it. Yeah. It's like a small child out a window. And then Morgan Freeman was like, oh, no, I'm back for I'm, more. I, I have more fake science <laughs> that I need to bring up. I feel bad using a Morgan Freeman voice for the fake science because- the, the penguins, they marched. They, they, they marched everywhere. March. That was a documentary. Yeah. Documenting real science. Right. And now here we are. Doing the opposite. Talking about Wanted from 2008, directed by... Go on. You got it. Timur Beckmanbatov. Pretty close. Pretty close? Pretty close. I mean... What is it? No, I mean... Beckmanbatramba-ramba-lamba? <laughs> Whoa, Black Betty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, you, I couldn't correct you. I'll put it that way. Nailed so, it. First try. Close, <laughs> closer than I could get on the first try. What do you think it is? Ready, set, go. Ready, set, go. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, that's what I said. You said. It's I'm pretty close. <laughs> I actually think it's a it's a Bieck. One of those? Because German, but. Isn't he Turkish? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Russian? I don't know what he is. I'm just happy as a last name. After what Pitoff did to oh, us last if week? If this guy was just a Timor, he could leave. Timor and Pumbaa. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Timor and Pitoff. Oh, God. I would pay money out of my wallet to see that. And I don't, I've never heard Pitoff speak. Because why would you need that? <laughs> why would you? Wanted. Wanted. You ever seen this bad boy before? Oh, yeah. When it first came out, I saw this, and I was like, that's a lot of fun. Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> it's very, very fair. I uh, Same opinion. Same uh, opinion all around. That checks out. And watching it this time, still a lot of fun. So much fun. Oh, man. I'm surprised this guy hasn't done more since this movie. He got really, really hot briefly. I remember right what, after this movie because right after this nine came out and that was like supposed to be like the next big animation thing. Oh yeah, and he like produced it. It's really as far as that went, and then it turned out to be fine. Fine, yeah. And then he directed Abraham Lincoln Vampire. Killer, of course, or Vampire Hunter. Both. He did one of them. He hunted <laughs> him or killed him. We're not sure. But yeah, you know, that was a movie that people were like, "Ha, I won't see it." <laughs> it's got and a, they did. It's got a funny title, but I'm not gonna watch it. And this guy, after this, he should have been making all sorts of crazy stuff. He had the chance. He could be like a trauma guy when you think about it. Like, that could be a fun spot for him. Oh, absolutely. Because he knows how, how to have fun. For sure. There's no doubt about that. You just want to get into this movie? Why See don't? How much fun we can have? Why don't we have some fun right now? <laughs> <laughs> 
or a thousand years ago, because that's how we're going to start off. Just text on screen. That's right. A thousand years ago, an ancient society of weavers. What? Uh, No, you heard it. Okay. (laughs) An ancient society of weavers became assassins and called themselves the fraternity. Right. It's a lot like if you saw, I don't know what Phantom Thread's about. I know it's about clothing. Yeah. Right? Yep. Be like that. And frat parties? And also he kills. Oh, got it. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I appreciate this opening text quite a bit because it's only four quick little sentences. Yep. And that's all you need. It sets it up perfectly. That's right. Sets up the world of the movie. It says, let's get going. We got some weavers killing people. That's right. <laughs> and go. Wesley Gibson, played by James fucking McAvoy. He's back. Man, this guy can act. Sure. Call it what you want. (laughs) In this one, at least. He works at a dead-end job with an overbearing boss named Janice, who just loves her donuts. He has to take anti-anxiety medication all the time because, you know, he's got anxiety. That's it. That's appropriate time Usually, when you take that type of medicine. Yes. (laughs) He, He lives with his girlfriend, Kathy, in a crappy apartment right next to train tracks. And she's sleeping with his best friend, Barry, played by Chris Pratt. Chris fucking Pratt? Chris fucking Pratt this is This is an early movie. Pratt sighting. Yeah, it is. Not the last Chris Pratt we'll see in this movie. That was a wordplay. Crisp rat. Okay. Your bouncing ball was tricky to follow there for a second, but I'm back. James McAvoy tells us that his father left when he was only seven days old. Some people call that a week. <laughs> and he wonders if maybe when he was born, his father looked into his eyes and just saw a failure and said, I'm out. It's possible. Sure. <laughs> it sounds like he's not doing great, so I get it. I mean, he got seven days. That's more than a lot of people get. Yeah. Some people only get a week, and he got seven <laughs> days. It's like the, the doctor delivered him and went, seven days. <laughs> Did your dad just watch the I'm ring? I'm going to put this Timex on this baby. <laughs> Takes a look. When it goes off, you've done your time. You can go. Somewhere else in this world, there's a man who's simply known as Mr. X. Oh, boy. It's played by David O'Hara. He meets with a ballistics expert to find out who made this bullet. He's got, he's just walking around with a bullet. He's like, hey, who made this? He says untraceable or whatever. Yeah, that's what she tells him, too. She's like, yeah, I don't know who made this. It's untraceable. And suddenly, a sniper shoots the ballistics expert in the head from a nearby building and Mr. X leaps through a window and shoots his opponents whilst leaping across an entire city street. I love that, though, because he runs down this hallway, and you're like, he's trying to get away. Yeah. And then he's like feeling, and he feels the elevator door behind him, and he has to open the elevator door because he needs that like that extra four that, feet. Yep. He knows? He knows. I love that. I love the way when he like he pushes off, how it crumples the door, the wall of the elevator, and he just runs through the glass, and it shatters, and it just sticks, sticks to, his to his face. face. Great. God, it's cool. So he, cool. He kills all those snipers on the other building. Jumping through windows and shooting a gun will always be cool. Always. Always, always be cool. He lands in the building and begins talking to a man on a cell phone, unaware that he's been set up. He notices that he's standing on an X as the man on the phone, Cross, played by Thomas Kretschmann, fires a multi-stage bullet from across town. The bullet makes an impossible journey, winds up right in the back of Mr. X's skull, 
and bursts out through his forehead. But I love how we get to see the journey. It's great. I love how they like rewind and go through back through the head, and then it just keeps going through town. And Amazing. Ah, I love Amazing. it. It's I love so it so cool. much. We start off with a bullet, and then we just say, hey, where'd this come from? And it turns out it's just Cross, it's chilling, great. and in his easy chair with his telescopic- They call it a sniper. Scope on his sniper. <laughs> telescopic scope. You know, that's-, that's Right. A, thing <laughs> james mcavoy goes to the pharmacy the next day to refill his medication and he meets a mysterious woman who calls herself fox it's angelina fucking jolie yeah and that's an here understatement in this movie this is almost peak angelina fucking jolie honestly might be peak i think that this is like her in her prime for what she's doing yeah during this time period. Exactly. This is this is peak late 2000s Angelina Jolie. Oh, without a doubt. She tells James McAvoy that his father was an elite assassin and he'd been killed that morning. And that the man who killed him is right behind you. Not what you want to hear. Never what you want to hear. It's bad, in fact. So, hey, the guy that killed your dad is standing right behind you right now. Just trying to buy some sweet Milano cookies or whatever. And you're like, I'm about to get assassinated? No, thank you. Yeah, that's not what I signed up for today. I'm just trying to get my anxiety medication, which yeah. I very badly need right now, actually. Yeah, it's getting worse, in fact. And he says, lady, my father abandoned me when I was only a week old. So he figured out the, the time. Yeah, no. Yeah, he, yeah. Well, I mean, it's an Englishman, Scottishman. What is he? He's British. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Figuring out the conversion chart of oh, life. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because in days we over talk there, on the other side of the street. The they weeks. can't figure it out. Yeah. At that moment, Cross appears, and he and Angelina Jolie get into a straight-up gunfight in the middle of a Walgreens. Not what you want. Generally, no. He's Scottish. There it is. We figured it out. Nailed it first try. James McAvoy and Angelina Jolie escape from the shootout and directly into a crazy car chase scene through the streets of Chicago in a Dodge Viper. I love this scene because you have James McAvoy just running through a parking lot like a madman. And then Angelina Jolie in this Viper just scoops him up. Yep. She just got the open door and like this cool like drift that she does. She does a whole Tokyo drift. Got it. Scoops him up. Right. And this scene also brought back a weird bit of nostalgia because do you remember how cool the Dodge Viper was? Yes. Yes. The Dodge Viper was so cool. They stopped making it in 2017. And I feel like that's like. Seven years later than I thought they stopped making it. Yeah, I would swear they stopped making <laughs> it, was it way like before that. It was super cool, and then it was just gone. Yeah, it, it disappeared. Maybe they were making like six a year or something. I don't know. <laughs> it definitely stopped production before that. I don't care what the internet says. I don't know, but it was such a cool car. It was. And then they were like, nope, no more. You've had enough Vipers. You don't appreciate them anymore. We appreciate them fully, damn it. <laughs> Bring back the Viper. <laughs> That's really what this whole podcast has been leaning up to for 130 episodes. Yeah, is that's bring it. back the Dodge Viper. Hashtag release the Viper. <laughs> cut. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it, it felt weird to not end it with cut. It's because you're trained now. That that works. Yeah, apparently. I want to say that Sebastian Stan just went on the internet and he said release the Bucky and Sarah cut. So I guess there's more of that in Falcon and Winter Soldier that we never saw. Okay. I have no idea. The Bucky and Sarah cut. I don't know. He he tweeted it. I love it. It's a thing. I love it. Demand it with him. Everybody needs to get on that hashtag immediately. We stand with Stan. After several minutes of badassery, Angelina Jolie and James McAvoy escape from the police and Cross, who surprisingly 
keeps up with a V10 Viper in his stolen dog food delivery truck. <laughs> he keeps up no problem. And I mean, we know it's Chicago at this point because we do have the train that's elevated. That you yeah. See the city. And then we have Lower Wacker Drive, which they go right down into those tunnels. They do. But it's amazing watching this because this Viper gets fucked. It really does. It's like the most realistic damage I've seen in a chase scene like this. And since the Italian job? Probably, but I mean, this thing has tires blown out. It's just driving on rims oh, yeah. at a point. They get that one shot, that aerial shot, where it's just, he's, she's driving at a regular speed, but there's sparks just flying right. everywhere. Right, it's because she broke the car because she jumped it over Yeah, that's cop how cars. she escapes, by flipping the car over a police barricade and then riding away on top of a bus. It's awesome. It's so it's cool. So cool. It's and I love it. That's car flippy number one right. of the movie. But th- even the cops are there, and they're watching her do this, and they couldn't have just been like, well, that's a sweet-ass stunt. Let her go, boys. Let her go. <laughs> no, nah, she she did it. That She beat us fair and square there. She used <laughs> she used the bus. Right. Now the, the bus, when you land on the... That gets rid of three stars. She's safe. <laughs> Completely safe. Call off the chopper there, Hank. We don't need it. She got rid of the stars. Hank is such a Chicago chopper name. I don't know. It's like the Kabasi King. Yeah. It's a Hank. That's a Hank name. Hank Spielski. Kabasi King of Chicago. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> That's like directly out of Ferris Bueller. He was the sausage king, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Angelina Jolie brings James McAvoy to the headquarters of the fraternity. Right, because no one's chasing him anymore, right? Exactly. It's a sweet stunt, yeah. The fraternity is a thousand-year-old secret society of assassins, as we've already determined thanks to the opening credits. The group's leader is Sloane, played by Morgan fucking Freeman. He's back. He is back. Morgan Freeman's first task is to test James McAvoy by making him shoot the wings off a fly. Yeah, seems reasonable. Yeah, James McAvoy is like, that's impossible. But then... Right reaction, all around. Common holds a gun to his head, and McAvoy fires off the gun mid-panic attack, somehow managing to shoot the wings off several flies. It's not so much that he has an ability that things slow down, but this is a guy who's clearly never held a gun before, and he's <laughs> able to do this. I mean, recoil's a thing. Not in this universe. And even as an experienced person who shot a gun, like me, you still are anticipating recoil. Yeah. Even after like the first time you fire it and you get a little shaky, but and he's like firing just wild. Oh, willy nilly. And those flies, oh, they get effed. They're still after the W. They're still alive. And somehow Morgan Freeman finds the wings to pick up and show him, hey, you did it, kid. No, he picked up the flies. He had the wing. The wings were in his hand too. Were they? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. That doesn't even work. Just give me a second. I need to get my tweezers. And I'm going to pick this up. No, you stay there. I need to make a dramatic moment here. No, stay there. Oh, nope. That one was a grain of rice from the garbage. Will somebody tell him the story of Andy Dufresne while I pick up these fly wings? (laughs) Morgan Freeman explains to him that he was able to do it because his heart beats 400 times a second when he's stressed out resulting in bursts of adrenaline, granting him superhuman strength, speed, and reflexes. That should result in exploded heart. You would think. (laughs) Or exploded blood vessels. Take your pick. Something's blowing up. 400 beats a second is, is, that's dead. You're 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 dead. dead. You're dead. Just kaboom? Like your chest cavity? Right. (laughs) Explodes, probably? I don't know. I'm not an expert. Oh my God. That's too fast. When Morgan Freeman asks him if he wants to know how to control it, he runs away. As you should do. I think that's a good move. 
Before he runs off, Morgan Freeman also gives James McAvoy his dad's gun and uh, all of his dad's money. That's nice of him, I suppose. In theory. I mean, right. We only see the gun, but... We see the money eventually. Yeah, the next morning when James McAvoy wakes up thinking it was all a dream, and then he goes to the bathroom and discovers the gun and goes, oh, better stash that in the toilet. As you do. And then uh, <laughs> then make his way to work. Well, he has to stop at the ATM on the way. Of course. Because he stopped the ATM earlier in this thing, and the ATM started making fun of him, calling him a piece of shit. <laughs> That's great. I love it. So but then good. he stops there again. He's got like $3 million in there $3.6 million. And he's got some confidence because of that. And he's very happy, but he goes to work anyway. <laughs> right. To his accounting job in this cubicle. And I had issues with these cubicles. I've worked in a cubicle before. Yeah. But luckily mine had like actual walls. The high walls. I hate like these half wall walls oh, where no, people can see everything you're doing. Miserable. No thank you. At work, James McAvoy tells off his boss, bashes Chris Pratt in the face with a computer keyboard, and storms out. And when he hits him with the Dave, keyboard, it spells the I have an actual words, IMDB fuck you, trivia fact fuck you for also. You. I wish I can hit you with my keyboard right now for doing this to me. When Wesley smashes his keyboard into his best friend's head as he leaves the office, the letters that come flying off the keyboard toward the screen spell, fuck you. Okay. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess- the What an Easter egg. <laughs> somebody was like, people might have missed that. I should tell them. I should. <laughs> this is very important stuff. In case you watch the movie and you're like, I need some trivia. There you go. Whenever you hear those stories, like in the news about people who want to get like euthanized because they're sick or whatever- <laughs> It's like I feel like we should bring this to, to like Congress or something and be like, I need you to read this IMDb trivia fact and, and then we tell me f- that you are not in favor of human euthanization at a point. <laughs> go ahead. Tell me. Watch Wanted and then tell me. You, you can be- even go to the human turtle Mitch McConnell and be like, <laughs> so you watch Wanted like I asked you. <laughs> and then, okay, so Mitchy boy, when, when he got hit in the face- with the keyboard, what did it say? Rich said, fuck you. Rich said, fuck you. Now, Mitch, read this. And what do you think about that person? Well, they should get put down. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's, that checks out. That whole thing. Some people should not have the internet. I don't know, man. Maybe it's just super subtle and just sharing <laughs> it with the world. What's really interesting about it is that Keyboard only has one letter U key on it, so they had to use Chris Pratt's tooth as the second U. Right? That was part of the fact. No, they left that out. <laughs> it's just the keys spell out "fuck you." Good job, IMDb <laughs> trivia fact submitter. Ugh. Thank you so much for that education. Yeah, thank hey, you. You remember the last few weeks when there were barely any? I missed that time. Yeah, you're gonna. Oh no. <laughs> James McAvoy then sees a picture of himself and Angelina Jolie on the front page of several newspapers, and they're wanted. They are wanted. Ding. Wink, ding. (laughs) All the things. Hot tub time machine. We did it. Yep. You know, that whole pharmacy shooting thing, it's kind of coming back to him. As it should. It was a pharmacy shooting. Yeah, and the cops let him go, so they were like, oh, we should follow up on that, They got rid of the three stars, but I mean, Jimmy fucking Olsen there in Chicago, he's like, I got a scoop for you. I love the the artist renderings of their faces that look nothing <laughs> like them. It's great. Well, they don't know who these people are, right? They don't know that it's Wesley Gibson, right? I don't think so, okay. no. Okay, because earlier in this thing, I'm happy you skipped over, Wesley Googled himself. Yeah. Which is, I don't know what that was, the no search results 
found. Yeah, there's or whatever zero results. And it was for like Wesley it was really Gibson. weird because it's like, who did you do that for? Did you do it for yourself because you're claiming that you're a nobody, or did you do it for the audience who you don't know is watching a movie about you as a fictional character? It's yes, very weird. Yes, both of those things. I don't know. This movie makes choices. It sure does, and they work. I guess somehow <laughs> against all odds. Naturally, Angelina Jolie is waiting for him right there behind the picture of her on a unwanted paper. And she gives him a ride back to the fraternity headquarters in an unassuming textile mill. It's unassuming if you don't expect to look for a textile mill in a castle in the middle of a city. <laughs> in the middle of Chicago? <laughs> yeah. Hey, what goes on in that unassuming castle over there? <laughs> I think they make sweaters. See either that or it's Zelensky's new brake pad plant. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that guy in a little <laughs> coat. Oh, man. Textile mill, you can make bigger coats. You could make bigger coats, but that's not funny then. That's true. Unless you put it on David Spade, then it's hilarious. Hysterical. <laughs> Every single time. <laughs> James McAvoy begins training for his new life. His training consists of getting the shit beat out of him by the repairman, played by Mark Warren, getting stabbed and called a pussy by the butcher, played by a guy with a name I'm not going to try. Dado Baktatsi. Yep, love it. Nailed it. First, First try. try. Running on top of trains with Angelina Jolie. Which I don't understand that at all. Nope. <laughs> like, this is your training. Here's the train. Now, uh, uh, duck. That's, oh. Cool. Literal training. Oh, okay. <laughs> And Way to spot that train. Yeah, you know. Good, <laughs> good job with the train spotting. You did it. Got it. Hey. And trying to shoot around assorted meats and dead bodies with the gunsmith. As you do. Played by Common, who right. is phenomenal and unfortunately has one name, so it's hard to get a fucking in there. Played by fucking Common. <laughs> Fair enough. Underrated and would be an excellent pick for Jon Stewart. Don't tempt me with a good time. I know. That's right? a good one. Dave, I got another actual IMDb trivia fact for you. Cool. I'm excited. I don't think you are. I have never <laughs> been more excited. I wish I were riding on top of a train and not ducking <laughs> at a tunnel. I was about to say, are you Mr. X? Because it seems like you're phoning it in. Yep. In the scene where Wesley... Hold on. I have to read this as it's written. Oh, no. <laughs> in the scene where Wesley's first being shown that bending bullet move, Sloan asks him to shoot around a pig carcass. To which he asks, you want me to shoot Wilbur? This is a reference to the pig Wilbur from Charlotte's Web. Salutations and go fuck yourself. <laughs> the appropriate reaction. Also, he's supposed to master the use of his insane heart rate by grabbing the fast pointy thing inside the looms. It's a shuttle? Of course it is. That's what they told me. All right. I wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> and I don't know why they want him to grasp the shuttle. It's just going back and forth. It's pointy. Yeah. And it's doing the thing with the fabric with the, the strings, stuff. yeah and it's like if you grab that you're gonna fuck the machine up bud for sure but it also means that he can move super fast that's true and i guess it is a lot more like entertaining than him going to like an office like now i need you to grab the tona <laughs> yeah uh, okay and this one's pointy and can hurt you <laughs> it's a good thing it's in a loom at this textile plant. Yep, because that's what we're going with. Uh-huh. Weavers. That's right. There's also a guy who likes to blow up rats. They, the Russian. They call him the exterminator. He is Russian. Yep. That's all we know about him. And something about the restorative healing powers of bathing in wax. 
Yeah, it's like that weird wax that you, you like you put your hand into and you feel all good for like 10 seconds. Yeah. Except he's like bathing in it. Yeah, they're, he's bathing in it and he's trying to fix like bullet wounds yeah. and stab wounds. Right. Oh, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> sure. No, hey. like instead of it taking months or weeks to heal, it just takes a couple hours. Like, yeah. Right, well, that seems cool, I guess. We're still going to stab you, but we're going to throw you in this <laughs> melted candle afterwards. You're going to be great. Right. It's like, so what am I learning here? How to handle the pain, I guess. I, I don't get know. It'll go away eventually. They need to train you because <laughs> Once we dip they you are wax. openly telling you the only person who could find this cross man and kill him. For some reason. For some reason, because there's only two people on the planet who can do the heart thingy, and it's you and your daddy. And that guy and your that killed dead. your daddy. Right? Allegedly. I Allegedly. Don't know. One day, McAvoy tells the rat man that all this is bullshit. He says it a lot. And then the rat man is like, I'm sorry, I'm not listening. I'm watching Angelina Jolie get out of a wax tub. She's got too many tattoos. She's got a lot of tattoos. I don't know if it's too many. I think it's too many. Okay. Like she she looks like like she's a NASCAR driver. <laughs> the amount of tattoos. Sponsorships <laughs> are sponsored by Just Lower everywhere. Back Dragon. It's like, oh, shit, I didn't know that she had a pencil tramp stamp. I had no clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ran real good today in the forearm binary Ford. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> just want to thank the sponsors, you know, lower back dragon tattoo. And <laughs> right. I want to thank my daddy, John Boyd, of course. Oh, yeah. I think I got some words written on my forearms. Right, or some symbols at the very least. I'm pretty sure you could find the fifth element on Definitely my forearm. Definitely some kanji. Whatever those symbols are. <laughs> There's too many. It's a lot. It's and, a lot. And it's a lot like Russell Brand's character in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where they're all competing ideologies. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but more or less, the rat man, the rat catcher man, he's just like, I, I could have listened to you bitch but, about this, but I decided to just go home with my life but, if you want to keep the Russell Brand alive there. But... <laughs> Angelina Jolie overhears McAvoy telling the rat man all Yelling this Yelling in his whiny voice. It's bullshit, it's bullshit, it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, hey, asshole, heard what you said. And then she beats the piss out of him, asking him why he's there. And so he finally answers, I don't know who I am. That wasn't that hard. Apparently, that's, that's the, enough. the right answer. <laughs> right? Satisfied with, I don't know who I am, Morgan Freeman tells James McAvoy that he's actually been staying in his father's former room. Which and is weird, because he walks him in this room and says, do you know where you are? And he's like, this is my room. This is my room. He's like, this is your father's room. And now he st- suddenly looks around for the <laughs> first like, time like, at his surroundings. <laughs> like, there's a picture of a man who looks like me. Oh, you mean all these pictures of my dad or my dad? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what a revelation. <laughs> Morgan Freeman tells James McAvoy that he should study all of his father's notes and become just like his father, despite his father explicitly stating he doesn't want James McAvoy to be just like his father. Right. James McAvoy listens to Morgan Freeman because, one, he's Morgan Freeman, and two, he's alive. It helps a lot when those two things work out. It's a good combo. It is. Being Morgan Freeman and being alive. Man, I hope nothing happens this week. <laughs> uh, it gets awkward sometimes when we start naming old people on the show, <laughs> and they're not around anymore. And just saying things Not like, even old people. He's alive. Right. <laughs> On our blurt and turning on Patreon. Oh, man. Uh, Dustin Diamond and Alex Trebek. Yeah. Got the dead end of that stick, that unfortunately. Unfortunate <laughs> timing for us. Yep. What? And them. And them. <laughs> yes, and them, of course. So James studies the books and gets real good at fighting and stabbing and running on trains. 
and he doesn't quite figure out the bending bullets thing until Angelina Jolie stands in front of him and her plot armor deflects a bullet into the target behind her. I love that because he fires the bullet, he whips the gun out, and I guess that's what makes it curve. Yeah. But I love how you see the bullet and then it racks focus onto her. And you see the bullet go around her and the and hair. hair flips up. Oh, God, little, it's so good. Just a little. Oh, I love it. It's great. Big fan of that. It's great. With his montage finally complete, Morgan Freeman shows James McAvoy the loom of fate. <laughs> yeah. The loom of fate gives the names of future targets through errors in the fabric. It's just, you know, the universe telling you who needs to get God. murked. Right. Those the Loom identifies will apparently cause problems in the future, but only Morgan Freeman. Maybe. 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 We're, we're pretty sure they're all pretty bad people. We, we don't know. We have no clue. But Morgan Freeman is the only one who can interpret it. He's Even like, though he's interpreting just binary. But yeah. Yeah. He's just like. He's like, I'm the only one who can interpret this. But also, if it goes over, that's a one. If it goes under, it's a zero. So- oh, no. <laughs> oh, I revealed the secret. Why? Why did I do that? I've said too much. Oh, this is the only time you'll be allowed in this room. Which is weird, too. Yeah. Why show it's like, him? Why? What it's like, I, I understand. No, you, I, I might understand it also because it would have been weird if Morgan Freeman walked out of a room. Just holding a piece holding of fabric. A fabric swatch. Going, you have saying, to go kill this guy. Why do you say that? And he starts dangling the fabric swatch in front of you. The magic cloth told me. <laughs> <laughs> it's as stupid as you think. <laughs> McAvoy is initially reluctant to kill, but he's convinced when Angelina Jolie tells him a story about a judge handling a sensitive case back in the day. Well, she, he is riding on top of the train, surfing this train with Angelina Jolie, yeah. and he refused to shoot the guy at the head of the table, the first guy he got told to kill. Right. And then we go back to him healing his emotions in the wax tub He's or all, getting all waxy. And it's, well, this is a flashback. I thought they went back. Oh, the no. The way that it's cut. No, it's... He... Does initially have these thoughts, but like, should we kill these people? But with the way they do fucky things with time in this movie, he's on top of the train, and then oh, then he, he flashes back. back. He flashes back to this judge, who, remembering the story, right? Who got kidnapped? The, or whatever. I have the whole judge story. Do it. Do the Let's judge go. Thing. Angelina Jolie is like, hey, so there's this judge. He's handling a very sensitive case, and a hired killer comes because the defendant of the case is like, we got to get rid of this judge. He's the worst. So this hired killer comes and holds his daughter at knife point and waits for the judge to come Young home. daughter. Young kid. Very young kid. And then the killer lights the dad on fire in front of the little girl and then brands his initials into her neck. And Angelina Jolie explains the man who killed the judge was targeted by the, the loom of fate. The loom of death there. Like three yeah. weeks before this whole thing happened, but their assassin failed to carry out his duty. So now they live by the adage, kill one to save thousands. Maybe. Right. She does say maybe. She says kill maybe. one to maybe save thousands. Which is insane. That is absolutely you insane. You are listening to a loom. Yep. The fruit of the loom. Oh, my goodness. McAvoy notices initials branded onto Angelina Jolie's neck and realizes the story was about her. Wow. So then we flash back to modern time, and he, he bends the bullet because we're like, oh, he didn't take the shot. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to take the shot. And I can bend bullets now. So. Yep. Dave. No. I have an actual IMDb trivia fact for you. <laughs> okay. This is the last one, and I actually think this one's kind of interesting. Okay. 
Screenwriters Michael Brandt and Derek Haas named several of their movie's characters after people from their college alma mater, Baylor University. Robert Darden, the name of Wesley's first target for assassination, is the writing professor in whose class they first met. They have used the name Darden for the first victim in several other films, including 310 to Yuma and Too Fast, Too Furious. Okay. So that's just two writers who want to kill the professor in every movie they do. Hey, man, I've been to film classes. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I can't tell if it's an homage or if it's just like, that guy sucked, right? Let's, right. Let's kill him in every movie. Always the first victim. He sucks so hard and we're famous now. Then James McAvoy kills another guy, but this time he has to use Angelina Jolie's Corvette as a ramp to flip his car on top of the target's limo and shoot him through the sunroof because he has bulletproof windows. Yep. Awesome. It doesn't suck. It's so cool. I like how he's in midair and he goes, I'm sorry. I'm as sorry. Much as shoot the guy. <laughs> Love it. So good. Also, where are they getting these cars? Uh, they're stealing all of them. Every single one of them. And Angelina Jolie even makes a point of saying, I got to go get a car. <laughs> It's like, we're, is Chicago just full of these things? Are we in, like, fucking Abu Dhabi here, where it's just these unbelievable supercars everywhere? <laughs> this is a C4 Corvette from, like, 1994. Looked awesome. It's still a Corvette, nonetheless, and he's got a Mustang, an old-school one, too. Yeah. So, I think she's just bummed about the Viper, so she's going to steal everybody's car. Fair enough. Even when she picks him up after work, she's just got a knife rammed into the ignition switch. Which is awesome. It's so good. I love it. After that, James McAvoy goes back to his old apartment to get his dad's gun from the toilet. <laughs> I like how when he walks in, the girlfriend's there. She's like, oh, now you show up. Yeah. And Barry actually answers the door. He kicks in the door and knocks Barry down. Kathy and Chris Pratt are like, where the fuck have you been? And Angelina <laughs> Jolie comes in and just kisses him. Right. And Kathy hates that. She's not happy. She comes down to earth going, oh, man. And Chris Pratt's like, you're the man. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's yeah. A, it's a weird moment. Chris Pratt gets to watch his, his best bud, who he's also boning the girlfriend of. Right. And also makes his best bud buy him condoms to bone the girlfriend because watermelon. Watermelon. Yep. <laughs> that all happened in this also. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, he's the man. I yeah, guess. I guess. And James McAvoy is like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Acting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Then Cross shows up in an alleyway, and McAvoy chases after him, but James McAvoy ends up shooting the rat guy instead, and we don't even know why the rat guy's there. No idea. He's just there, and yep. whoops, shot the wrong guy. Need a guy who's expendable? I got one. Someone you had a connection with? <laughs> oh, I definitely got one. Cross shoots James McAvoy in the arm, and then he gets out of there. Yeah. He just bends a bullet around to shoot him in the arm and takes off. Right. McAvoy's going to need a bath. He, everybody's going to need baths. Ratman's going to die in a bath. So he sure is. I, I guess the wax isn't that great. We need more wax. <laughs> uh, McAvoy finds that the bullet that Cross shot him with is actually traceable. Yeah, but I like this also. He's got just his arm in the the wax trying yeah. to heal it. And when he pulls it out, it's still like gushing blood out. And he's like, yeah, this seems like the right amount of time this passed for me to dig this out of my arm. Yep, I guess we're good now. <laughs> It's traceable. Yeah. The, I don't know how. The bullet's traceable. We can we can find out who made this bullet. How does he know it's traceable? He looks at it and goes, fucking nailed it. I know who made this bullet. <laughs> fucking Terrence Stamp is who made this. Oh, I know God, it. Oh, God, he's a treat it's all the so time. so good. Morgan Freeman finally like, all right, fine, you can go kill Cross now. And Angelina Jolie is like, 
seems a little too early for this kid to be killing Cross. Morgan Freeman tells her, this movie's only 110 minutes long. Right. And he gives her another order where the target's James McAvoy. Right. So, you know, we got to move this along. We do, very quickly, in fact. It's been long enough, Angelina Jolie. You trained him, you know, on the trains. (laughs) James McAvoy and Angelina Jolie travel to the fraternity's original base of operations in Europe. That's as as specific as you get, Europe. That's all you're going to get. That's all you deserve. They capture Pekorsky, played by Terrence fucking Stamp. He's so good in everything, all the time. All the no time. No matter what. He's brilliant. They force him to take him to Cross. They're like, let's, let's go to Cross. He's like, I, I can probably arrange a meeting so you don't kill me. Seems fair. The meeting leads to a confrontation between James McAvoy and Cross on a moving train. <laughs> hey, yeah. How lucky is that? <laughs> Let's turn the insanity meter up just to 11. Yeah, okay. Angelina Jolie steals another car because she's good at that, and she crashes it into the train. Now, you might be thinking that she bumped the train. No, 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 Like, lightly. She decides to go, like, T-bone the train? She's in the train. She's in and on the train. Still driving a car. Right. Eventually, that causes the train to derail when it reaches a bridge, for sure killing hundreds of innocent people. The wheels started getting all screwy. Yeah. On the train thing, and then someone decided to pull like the emergency brake, and McAvoy's even like, "No, right? What are you doing?" Then it starts like sliding out because Tokyo Drift had come out not long <laughs> before this. Or I whatever. can't help but think that having a full car on it didn't it help didn't it in help one it. way. Or another. It didn't help it, but definitely a bunch of dead innocent people here. James McAvoy is about to fall off the train into the ravine. Now what do you want, but Cross catches him. What? By the hand, saving his life. So James McAvoy shoots him. Right in the chest. Just immediately, like, Just, thanks for is, saving me, bud. Bang. This is what the magic cloth said. <laughs> you have to die now. Morgan Freeman handed me a washcloth with your name on it, so you must die. <laughs> and then the whole train car falls into the ravine and Gets caught between these two. you thought hanging off the the train car is bad. Oh, oh. (laughs) hold on. Now you're precariously placed upon glass windows in a hanging. Well, I like that shot. I like it a lot. It's a very good shot. In the one where they come underneath the train, you see it looking up the two glass windows with the two characters, and only one starts moving. And Cross is just bleeding out. Oh, yeah. Before he dies, he tells James McAvoy that... James McAvoy. Wesley, (laughs) I am your father. What? What? (laughs) No. It's impossible. The fraternity's been lying to you. Angelina Jolie pops her head around the corner because she's in this train car the whole time while it's wedged between these two mountains. She's totally fine. (laughs) Yeah, she's just like smiling in the corner. I like how James McAvoy's like, say it's not true. And she's She's like, like, yeah. Oh, it's true. Yeah. 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 We, we had to recruit you because you're the only person your dad wouldn't kill. Right. How'd you not see this coming? Yeah. This is 400 beats per second. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> you should see everything coming. Your life should be slower. It really w- should. What are we doing here? God, it- you're stupid. <laughs> I bet you believe the whole thing about the magical cloth, too. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> what a dumb, dumb. <laughs> we make clothing. It's a clothing line. <laughs> Jesus. The fraternity, we are literally making polos. Right. I'm a girl. I'm Fox. I'm Angelina Jolie. I'm a girl. And the fraternity? 
Nay! Poloes. That's not how it works. Instead of polos for <laughs> Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> oh, God. This fucking movie. Yeah. Angelina Jolie then tells James McAvoy about the kill order on him, raises her weapon to shoot him. So James McAvoy shoots the glass from underneath him and plunges into the river below. He, like, sky surfs his dead dad's corpse <laughs> as it's going down into the river yeah. below. Yeah. If this movie weren't so good, it would be bad. Oh, I 100% agree with that. James McAvoy awakens in an apartment across the train tracks from his old apartment. He was brought there by Pekorsky. And upon looking around the apartment, he's like, hey, wait a minute. Did my dad live here? Has he been spying on me my whole life, just watching me live this shitty existence <laughs> with my best friend hooking up with my girlfriend in my apartment? I know he saw that. He, he had, had to, see to have that. watched. Man, I feel like I'm a disappointment. <laughs> That's got to hurt twice as much. Right? Like, I can't even explain this to him. That it's like I your dad was him. just cucking your life. <laughs> There's all these pictures of him. Like, yeah, this guy's just been spying on him regularly. <laughs> right. <laughs> If there was, like, a sad porn channel for just watching people IRL. <laughs> Wesley's going to clean up, though. Oh, yeah. I, Instead of I Girls guess. Gone Wild, it's like Boys Gone Sad. <laughs> sad boys. <laughs> Watch his best friend. Nope. Starts listening to, like, Good Charlotte. <laughs> That's the natural progression. Of course. <laughs> I don't ever want to be you. I don't want to be just like you. That's why he became an accountant and not an assassin. Exactly. And then, well, he became just like him. Exactly. <laughs> it's full circle, really. Yeah. It's what emo music is about. It's about growing up and facing your problems head on. Right. I, I and think tight so. jeans and eyeliner yeah. and cool haircuts that definitely come out of manga. And singing songs on rooftops about if you're uh, an embarrassment to your dad or not. Exactly. <laughs> My broken skateboard, it's like my heart. I'm going to need you to stop immediately. <laughs> you're you're hurting high school-aged me right now. <laughs> I'm about to write an emo it. song. I never got into that stuff when oh, I, was I was in like, was high school. Very into it. I was single a lot in high school. You should have been emo. I should have been emo. <laughs> Get in touch with your feelings. Welcome to my life. <laughs> it's on me, really, when you think about it. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and from Jersey, you definitely should have been into it. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? I guess listen to better music. I guess so. Pekwarski hands James McAvoy a loom weaving and says, hey, decode this. So and James, he does it. And he just does it. He just like picks up a marker and starts writing down numbers and turns them into letters. And he goes, oh, man, I got to kill the narrator from <laughs> March, March of the Penguins. Of the Penguins. <laughs> it's a Sloan. And he it's throws Sloan. the pen down. It's like, son of a bitch. I feel like he probably could have stopped at S-L-O-A and been like, Fill in the rest. I know how this is going to end. <laughs> Pekorski explains that after Morgan Freeman discovered that he was the next target stated on the Loom of Fate. He started manufacturing his own targets. Right. I mean, it checks out. I yeah. get it. Cross discovered this and went rogue, so Morgan Freeman turned the entire fraternity against him, as you do. I mean, if you're the one producing the cloth, you can kind of pull the strings that way. Pull the strings. Whoa. <laughs> that was unintentional. Good for you. Since then, Morgan Freeman has used these false orders to direct 
the fraternity as contract killers, basically. Just like, hey, let's make some money. Someone's going to tell me to kill someone, and then I'm going to loom it. Oh, look, fate has decided that you got to kill this guy. Right. If you look in the knee area of this really sweet sweatsuit that I just loomed together, <laughs> it says you got to kill your dad. I hate when my sweatsuit says that. <laughs> Can you imagine, though, if he's sitting there and he's like just looking with his magnifying glass at just fabrics and he goes, your next target is Tommy Hilfiger. <laughs> he's just wiping out the competition <laughs> in the textile business. <laughs> Better movie? I mean. <laughs> You're kind of like flirting with Catwoman at that point. You kind of are. Maybe don't do that. Yeah, that's that's dangerous territory. <laughs> Bring in Pitoff so he can direct <laughs> Angelina Jolie on, on how to fight against fashion. For the last time, Morgan Freeman. Sakura Brew. Sorry. Sakura Brew. <laughs> for the last time. It's Ralph Lauren. Ralph Lauren. It's American. Not Lauren. You fucking idiot. <laughs> we don't want him, says the French. <laughs> I've never worn clothes before. I don't know any of this. <laughs> Just like I've never seen a Batman before. Or a cat woman. I just make up characters. Sakura Brew. Go listen to last week's episode, <laughs> and that'll make a lot more sense. <laughs> All accurate, by the way. All of it. I can't believe it either. <laughs> James McAvoy realizes that Cross was just going after other fraternity members and never actually him, because he was just trying to keep the fraternity from killing James McAvoy. Sure. What a good dad. Right. <laughs> Pekwarski tells McAvoy, hey, your father wanted you to live in peace. Here's some plane tickets. I'm getting out of here. And that's it. All right. That's a, that's a wrap on He's Terrence like, oh, Stamp. You want me to leave? <laughs> I want you to live. Oh. Is that like English for leave? <laughs> yes. Stamp? Do you have an accent? What is happening? I don't. <laughs> McAvoy discovers a secret room, though. So he's like, no, I'm going to stay. Of course. <laughs> because it's full of weapons and leather jackets. Right, and, because and maps. the weird light and dust told him there was a room there. And he went, all right. Yeah. I'll, I'll open this back of a closet in my weird Chicago tenement. I still don't know where the light was coming from because it was dark inside the no closet. No clue. It's like that shadow from Catwoman. Right. Where did it come from? Who knows? There was no light source. Not important. <laughs> Sakura really caught his cinematography. <laughs> yeah, Pekwarski tells McAvoy that his father wished him a life of peace, and McAvoy chose violence. Eventually. He even finds a supply of Rat Guy's mini-bombs and realizes that, hey, that guy must have been working with my dad the whole time. That's why I accidentally killed him. I guess so. He was a mole. He was also, you know, just looking out for McAvoy while he was in his wax tub and looking at Angelina <laughs> Jolie's butt. It's a very complicated relationship. So James McAvoy backs a dump truck full of explodey rats to the textile mill and unloads <laughs> you them. can't make that up. <laughs> just, just rats loaded with peanut butter and... I don't know, bomb juice. He buys so much peanut butter. With, with Timex's strapped to him. So when it reaches zero, the rats explode. That's, That's exactly how bombs what happens. work. That's, it, you can't make it up, really. I love that you get the repairman. He picks up this one rat. He realizes there's a, a watch on it yeah. counting down. From like 10 seconds. And he throws it, and right before it hits zero, the rat just goes, beep. <laughs> and then, Boom. <laughs> I have to imagine that that rat that we saw there is a lot like the whale 
in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. As it's coming to terms <laughs> with its own like existence and mortality. It's a deep moment. It is. When you think about it. That, that poor rat's like, oh no, my watch has reached zero. <laughs> I believe this is the end for me. Forty-two. Oh, now we'll never know. You didn't get it out. <laughs> Pop. <laughs> so good. So many exploding rats. There's so many. James McAvoy, he picks up a couple guns and just starts running through the place. I loved it. Killing like every member of the fraternity. Just pow, pow, pow. He runs out of ammo. He just kills a guy, takes his gun. He starts just- using the repairman at a point, too. Oh, yeah. He shoots he- him through the face. Through the face, and, then and he keeps firing. Carries oh, him God, around so good. His face. And then he goes one-on-one with the butcher. Who's like pussy, pussy, pussy? I love it. <laughs> and he's I like, I love it so much. Like, yeah, I'm gonna shoot you in the face, and that's not gonna do anything apparently. But then I'm gonna shoot your knife into your chest, and right? Kick it through you, and that should do the trick. That'll do it. And then he finally arrives in Morgan Freeman's office. I love this scene, and I feel like I shouldn't. It feels dirty to love it, but I love it just the same. Mostly because Morgan Freeman. Says motherfucker. He sure does. McAvoy walks into the room. He's like, Sloan! And then somehow he walked into this room without noticing that there is another member of the fraternity hiding behind every pillar in the room. It's a circular room. Yep. And they are everywhere. And they're in every corner of the circle, because that's a thing. Right. And he somehow missed every single one of them. He's in the middle of the room, and they all come out, and they're surrounding him. They're pointing their guns at him. It's just Angelina Jolie and Common and a few other nameless master assassins. <laughs> right, just to fill the space, right? Extras. I think that's what we call them. Yeah, extras. You know, they were better than the two named guys who died in the last scene. but Sure. But not as good as the ones who have names. Exactly. James McAvoy tells this group of remaining fraternity brothers and fraternity Angelina Jolie that Morgan Freeman is killing for profit and all of his kill orders are fake. And that he's got an actual piece from the Loom of Fate that's got Morgan Freeman's name on it. Bam, right there on the table. I like how he throws down the piece of fabric. Like, that's supposed to be like a big statement. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whack. (laughs) Look at that. Dropped the cloth. Oh, gosh. Was it a white cloth? Was he surrendering? I'm not sure what's happening. It's like beige. So I think he's safe. Yeah, yeah. He waved the beige flag, which means the guy who's trying to kill me is actually the real bad guy guys that's of course of course when he throws the white cloth obviously that's what pisses sloan off more than anything because <laughs> he's like motherfucker don't you put your fall 2004 fashion statements on my floor <laughs> you pick that up and you get out of here and you go tell steve madden to go fuck himself <laughs> Why do I all of a sudden just want Morgan Freeman and Glenn Close to go into business together? <laughs> no, Meryl Streep. Holy shit, I totally fucked that Either up. Either way, because then Glenn Close can kill the dogs. Right. And then Meryl and Streep. Give them to Meryl Streep <laughs> to turn into whatever. No, it'd have to go to Morgan Freeman first. Right, you have to take to, the dogs. you got to loom the dogs. Loom the dogs. <laughs> and then give the fabric to, to Meryl, Meryl Streep to make into to make yeah. fashion. To make fashion. We and then it. Catwoman is also there because Anne Hathaway is just watching it and she's just like, Right. This isn't how it's supposed to go down. This is not okay. I'm supposed to be at a cafe in wherever. Right. Where and I think a cat breathes life into my. Nope. Different Catwoman. Different Catwoman. <laughs> where I think I fall out of a. Wi- nope. Different Catwoman. Where <laughs> I think. <laughs> Doesn't Michelle Pfeiffer get surrounded by cats too when we don't know what happens? We have to imagine that Super Cat breathed in her mouth too. I must have. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's canon now. <laughs> McAvoy is like, so that's what's happening. Now I'm going to kill Morgan Freeman. And he pulls the gun out, and Angelina Jolie is like, nope. And he sh- she shoots the gun out of his hand. As you do. And at 400 beats per minute, you're not going to see that coming ever. But no. Despite it being established that you totally you should. Totally that should. You have shot many a bullet out of midair in this movie already due to your increased heart rate. Yes. But this one, you just This one, took. you're just going to be like, oh, I guess I don't want that gun I'm Just going to wear it. Angelina Jolie is going to ask Morgan Freeman if any of this is true. And Morgan Freeman's like, fuck, yeah. Yeah, it is. But also, I have kill orders for every single person in this room. You, Carmen. You, Angelina Jolie. You, name. You, other person. <laughs> he just starts so throwing them on the ground. floor. He's like, everybody in this room has a kill order. But I like how at this point also Angelina Jolie is like, say what? And he's like, Say Wantaneo. <laughs> well done. But then he carries on with the scene. It's a beautiful moment, really. <laughs> he tells them that he's only been acting to protect all of them. And then he goes on to explain that if they truly believe in the code, they should all put their guns in their mouths and pull the triggers. <laughs> Otherwise, shoot this motherfucker and let's get back to becoming gods among men. It's a weird moment at the end. Yeah. He was doing okay in the, the hype speech. Until he got to the end, where he got way too big for his britches. Yeah. I, like, as soon as he said motherfucker, I was like, was this supposed to be Samuel L. Jackson's role? (laughs) It's like, was this written for Sam? (laughs) I like how you get that quick shot after this of Common saying, fuck the code. Common is just like, yeah, I'm totally cool with killing James McAvoy right now. But Angelina Jolie's got other plans. She honors the code. She steps back, and she just slings a bullet around the room and it goes all the way she curves around the whole circle killing every assassin and it goes through the domes yeah she throws the gun to james mcavoy and then she gets shot in the head by her own bullet right because bullets travel yeah at a speed that is unknown right there's no way of knowing because she is able to (laughs) sling the bullet around this room yep and in that time that is going around this room Mm -hmm. throw a gun to james mcavoy And also, pose. Yes. In a uh, reluctant kind of smile of like, I- I'm doing my duty here. I'm doing the right thing. She like she even like takes a step back in to, to be in line with the bullet. Right. It also has to maintain enough momentum to go through everybody's skull and get back to her. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing about that. Mythbusters episode 123. <laughs> oh, yes. They wanted to find out if you could curve a bullet. Oh, wow. This feels like it should have been a big giant web. It should have been. (laughs) But I forgot. (laughs) Because this movie has both uh, made me dumber. Yeah. But also made me excited as hell. Yeah. Because it's so much damn fun. It's so much fun. Long story short, you cannot curve a bolt. They tried many a way of doing it, even by modifying the guns and the bullets itself unbalancing bullets yeah at a point and even then they said no it still flies pretty damn straight wow so you cannot do any Any of of this this. myth busted yep i think that proves a flat earth theory then it has to without a doubt it does (laughs) (laughs) otherwise bullets would just fly up off into the sky that's right that's why 21 gun salutes wouldn't be nearly as deadly (laughs) they don't use real bullets come the fuck down everyone could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> 21 dead pigeon salute. Oh, my God. It would just be like London during World War II during the Blitz. It's like, right? 
I have bad news for you. The local sergeant's dead. They're going to do a 21 gun salute. Everybody take cover! Get inside! <laughs> Bill, I told you to do the doves after the 21 gun salute. <laughs> Bill never gets the cue right. Why do we keep uh, bringing him? I think Bill just likes to see dead doves. <laughs> he keeps yelling, pull. That's the weirdest <laughs> part. <laughs> uh, I think Green Day has a song about that, too. They sure do. 21 doves. That's right. I think. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> really stretching that one. We're the American idiots. <laughs> Morgan Freeman escapes. You know, James McAvoy got the gun, but he couldn't use it because Morgan Freeman just peaced out. That's right. So he goes to the ATM to make sure he still has all of his millions. And, <laughs> and he, he does he not. He sure doesn't. He has $14.53 in the bank. Which was nice. Yeah. That they left him with that. Right? If he could have taken else. all of it. He could have. He was like, I will leave you with enough to not be able to make a deposit or a withdrawal. <laughs> I can't get words That's right. It's just annoying at that point. My penguins, again. Your penguins are are completely fucked right now. <laughs> it's the movie. You have to dumb yourself down just so you don't- Get on its level. Exactly. But then, just so much fun. Then live on its level. And you're going to enjoy <laughs> it quite a bit. Yeah. So now James McAvoy doesn't really know what to do with himself. He's like, well- I guess I'm not really a rich assassin anymore. So we go to James McAvoy's office. He Googles Wesley Gibson again, but it still returns zero results, just like in the beginning of the movie. Kind of what you want, especially if you were wanted. Right. It's like, okay, cool. It's like the ideal situation for everything that you've done. Nobody's onto me. There shouldn't be like a feeling of like, still a nobody. It should be like, fuck yeah, got away with it. Yes. Yes. I killed so many people. Nobody knows it was me. I don't have to explain the stupid magic cloth to anyone in court. This is perfect. <laughs> well, you see, there's this loom. <laughs> Your Honor, Exhibit A, the loom. I know we have the jury here. I'm just going to call it guilty, though, right up front. <laughs> Morgan Freeman appears, and he points the gun at the back of his head, and he asks, still don't know who you are? And he turns around, and it's not James McAvoy at all. It's a decoy. Morgan Freeman looks down and he sees he's standing right on an X marked with sticky notes. Perfect. He looks up and he says, oh, fuck. <laughs> As James McAvoy fires a shot from the comfort of his father's apartment miles away, the same spot his father killed Mr. X at the beginning of the movie, the bullet passes through Chris Pratt's energy drink and Janice's donut before landing square in the back of Morgan Freeman's head and emerging through his forehead. Perfect. Great shot, Red 2. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Naturally, James McAvoy breaks the fourth wall and says, this is me taking back control of my life. What the fuck have you done lately? How is this him taking control of his life? I don't know. I guess there's no longer somebody like, out what's trying his plan to kill after him. This? He's like, I can read the magic loom now. It's like, we already proved it's bullshit, James McAvoy. Well, the loom was real. It, it physically exists, yes. Morgan Freeman stopped obeying the loom when it told him his own name. Unbelievable. Took back control. But the loom's been blown up by a bunch of rats, so. Never forget. He took back control from being a wanted man, but this time by Morgan Freeman. Perfect. And that is Wanted from 2008, directed by Timur Bekmambatov. Nailed it. This movie's fun. As it's so much hell. fun. I was not ready for this one to hold up. I was expecting it to be not great. 
I am so happy that this one holds up. I love it. It is so much fun to revisit. Get yourself in the right mindset for this one if you're yeah. going to watch it because, yeah, it's silly. It is. It, it There's a big suspension of disbelief here, but it's not a hard one to cross because as soon as it starts, you're like, this is great. <laughs> right. It's got like major kick-ass tones to it at a point too. It does. Where it has kind of the real world yeah. it aspect has to it. A lot of vague fight club-ness to it too. That's a, a big thing that popped up multiple times on the Amazon One Stars. Really? Yeah. I only have two. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. I think that this thing absolutely holds up, though. Absolutely. And I'm surprised. And I'm, like, more shocked that it didn't go anywhere after this. I am, too. Like, I expected to more to have a lot of things happening after this. I At least I wanted to, which has been apparently in production hell for, like, well, 10 years at least. At least. But where do you go from there? Because you have James McAvoy, who took back his own life, which was, yeah, the whole arc of it. Right. Even though we don't know where his life was out of control at the beginning, he was kind of just an anxiety-ridden desk jockey for the most part. Yeah. Like, he didn't know what to do with himself. If anything, he just got his life under control, not even taking back control, because he had no one to take it back from. Well, Morgan Freeman. Eventually. Eventually. But I I don't know. <laughs> don't think too hard. Exactly. It's not worth it. Don't try to overanalyze it. Don't try to overanalyze Just it. Just enjoy the car flippies and the curvy exactly. bullets. Exactly. <laughs> and the folks on Rotten Tomatoes, this thing's got a 71%. They Damn. enjoyed it. That's good. They turned off and they said, this is great. As you should. Audience score is 69. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Roger Ebert did see this thing. Oh, boy. He gave it three out of four stars. Nice. That's my Raj. He says, wanted slams the pedal to the metal and never slows down. True. Here's an action picture that's exhausting in its relentless violence and its ingenuity in inventing new ways to attack, defend, ambush, and annihilate. Expanding on a technique I first saw in David O. Russell's Three Kings, it follows individual bullets, as well as flying warriors, through implausible trajectories to pound down the kills. Yeah. He goes on to say, Wanted, directed by a hot Russian action meister. He won't even try the name. Oh. Timur Bekmambetov. <laughs> he typed it out. Why wouldn't he try it? That's, that's fair. Because <laughs> <laughs> if he said it, it would have been... <laughs> <laughs> Stop. We got to confer with him in a week. It's a film entirely lacking in two organs I always appreciate in a movie. (laughs) Brian's got a smirk thinking where this is going. It's not where you think it's going. He says, a heart and a mind. (laughs) It is mindless, heartless, preposterous. By the end of the film, we can't even believe the values the plot seems to believe (laughs) since the plot is deceived right along with us. The way to enjoy this film is to put your logic on hold along with any higher sensitivities that might be vulnerable and immerse yourself as if in a video game. That Wanted will someday be a video game. I have not the slightest doubt. I don't think it has been. It has. Has it? Yes. Shit. All right. a video game sequel. Well, good for him then. He ends by saying, it may already be a video game. Well, he got me there. But- I'm damned if I look it up and find out. I'm right there with him. <laughs> How about that? He said, objectively, I award it all honors for technical excellence. Yeah. Roger yeah. Ebert totally gets it with this one. Uh, there's only one way to, to watch this movie, and it is to shut off and just enjoy it. It's the only way to do it. Zone out and tune in. And I wish the Morgan Freemans on Amazon.com could do the same thing. <laughs> this thing's got 4.6 out of 5 stars, 3,500 reviews. 75% are five star. 
3% are one star. So there's really just not That's that many. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. Most of them just thought it was boring and too violent and too preposterous to get over. That the okay, boring and too violent. That's an interesting combination. It is, and that's the way they went. <laughs> yeah, well, there's reason they're the monsters. So the only two that I pulled from November twenty fifth, twenty seventeen. Title: I hated it. Review: Too much sex in the beginning. I hated it. Then there was some awesome moves. Then I hated it. <laughs> Then I hated that it had too much cussing in it, too much bloody parts, and things she should have lived at the end and have been with the boy. But altogether, it was a one-time movie for me. Thank you and God bless. Wow. <laughs> what a polite review. Uh, yeah, I just did. I guess I just expected it to be less rated R. I guess so. <laughs> And the last one I have is from December 14th, 2018. Title, I forgot how aggravatingly stupid this movie is. Review, if you are one of those grown men who saw Fight Club and related to Tyler Durden, <laughs> you are a pathetic human being. But you would love this movie. <laughs> Honestly, probably an accurate review. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> this is based on a comic book. It absolutely is. It is a Mark Miller book. Of course it is, because he's done everything that's not mainstream right. at this point, I guess. Right. There is one thing from the book that I wish they could have kept, but I understand why they didn't. The book is about supervillains, really, not just assassins. It's like a, a league of supervillains who take over the world after they've defeated like almost every superhero. But one thing in particular that was in the books that I wish could have made the movie was a character named Shithead. Like the dog from The Jerk? Shithead is a monster made up of the feces of 666 of the most evil people on <laughs> Earth. Ah, God, I love it so much. Yeah, how do you beat that? That's amazing. That's better than the shit demon from Dogma. It is. And it's a shame we'll never get to see it. Eh, yeah, it is. There's your high and there's your low. There, <laughs> brought me up and then brought me right back down. That's all the Amazon one stars I got, man. Nice. And we'll give this thing a super stuff score. I would love to do that after we do this. Sacro Bru! Que Pacasistita! Dave, for this week's episode of K Podcasters Theater, the episode within an episode, I guess. I don't sure, know what I'm the saying. Show anymore. Within a show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to need you to open up to page 100 of I Forced a Bot to Write This Book, AI Meets BS by Keaton Patty, where we're going oh, to be. Oh, jeez. It just says action movie trailer. Yep. Keaton Patty forced a bot to watch over a thousand hours of action movie trailers and then had it make a trailer of its own. You guys don't have it already. And at this point, you all should. You should. I Forced a Bot to Write This Book, AI Meets BS. It's a wonderful book. Available wherever books are sold. Exactly. On this one, I'm going to be doing the action script, the scene descriptions, and the parts of Drug Lord and Priest. You're going to be doing Trailer's voice and <laughs> the, the lead of the movie, Officer Revenge. I love it. Action movie trailer. Exterior, high-octane city. Screen is black, but we hear a piano slowly cough. This summer, revenge is a cop. We see Officer Revenge handcuffing an illegal U-turn. He's a muscle. <laughs> Strong as an ox, attractive as an ox, might be ox. But crime pays. Direct deposit. 
A drug lord fires a cocaine gun at a baby, addicting it to cocaine. <laughs> baby didn't want this. Baby wanted milk gun. I am bad, but arresting me is hard. My wife is the queen of police. <laughs> Piano music is replaced with a loud hip-hop guitar rap and the key of metal. Quick scenes flash. A helicopter dies. A lady wears a bra. Officer Revenge gets divorced multiple times. <laughs> Bullets enter kidneys. A yacht loses a serious election. Good meets evil when Dirty Harry meets Dirty Sally. Nobody is clean. Rain falls down on a funeral for all of Officer Revenge's sexual ex-wives. Drug Lord bribed the clouds to rain. I have nothing left to lose except my cool. I shall now lose my cool. Officer Revenge fires his gun at the clouds. <laughs> it is illegal to accept rain bribes, so this is warranted. The priest frowns hard. You shoot the good lord, not the bad lord. The drug lord, the me. The priest removes his Catholic mask. He is the drug lord. Oh! Officer Revenge turns his hands into fists using ox magic. <laughs> Masks will be worn. Guns will be fired. IMAX will be more money. <laughs> Drug Lord and Officer Revenge both punch. Their fists slam together, causing the yacht to lose another election. This summer, a movie will bust your block. This movie. This summer. The title is spelled out with body bags pretending to be letters. This gun fires more guns. <laughs> Brilliant as always. How does he do it? I don't know. <laughs> He's like the pinball wizard. It's just, it keeps coming. <laughs> Let's give this thing a super stuff score. Yes, please. Story and motivation. What is it? <laughs> There's a guy who uh, hates his life, and then he finds out his dad died, and he's like, I got to find out who my dad, and he becomes an assassin, and then he takes his life back. <laughs> I, I guess so. I don't know. He goes actually. on a journey, and ultimately, where does he end up? Uh, back at the beginning. I'm but now he can kill people. Point. And Five and has more self confidence in killing people and in life, you know, and sticking up for himself against his all right best friend who's boinking his girlfriend. Now it might be a point two five. Point five. Okay. <laughs> Hero, also him. It's James McAvoy, still him. The guy who went on that self discovery journey and then went on a rampage. Yep. After he discovered himself as a killer. Exactly. The hero. Uh, 0.25? Yeah, yeah. I like that you just don't want to give it a zero. I don't want to give it a zero. Villains. Is it Sloan? I think it's Sloan. He's pretty evil. He is he pretty evil. He trains the guy to kill the guy he, and he only to kill the guy. tricks a kid into murdering his own father. Which is so fucking that nuts. Is, that is crazy. And then, of course, Angelina Jolie has a great line. She's like, we trained him too well. She's not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, that's got to be a one, right? I think that it's is a one. so evil. <laughs> Morgan Freeman is just dastardly in this movie. Yeah. And, you know, he controls the looms. So. That's right, of course. <laughs> Parents. We get an we on-screen dad death. dead dad death. And he did it himself. And, so. Yeah, that's, well, that's got to be like a bonus. That's like a... I'll go a .75 bump yeah. for that. We don't know anything about we the mom. no idea what's going on with his mom. We find out in the video game. Oh, cool. I think. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I assume that's probably brought up in the video game. I don't know. It was a plot line for a a, a sequel, possibly. Oh, so. wow. Like Enter the Matrix, that whole thing? I don't know. Maybe. That was a mess of video game. <laughs> Female characters. Angelina Jolie kicks ass in this movie. She kicks a lot of ass. 
We unnecessarily see her ass. We do? It's unnecessary for some people. Right. <laughs> um, she's not really objectified. She's not. Which I like a lot. She's not. Um, she's kind of the boss of him. She is. She's the one training the main character. She's like the, the guru. And we got motivation to her character, too. We do. We nice. find out about her backstory and her father. And yeah, she's pretty well developed. Unfortunately, she's the, the only, only woman. One. I like I, Unless you're going to count Kathy, who's just I'm not. getting screwed by Chris Pratt the I'm whole go movie. Point five or Janice. To move on. Point five. <laughs> point five to move on. I like it. Setting. This is so Chicago. It's very Chicago. I'm going to start at one. I think I think one's probably a good enough place for it. All right. They don't do the accent. Let's give it a .75 for Chicago and a .25 for Ditka. I love it. Love it. Da Bears. <laughs> <laughs> Style and tone. I like it. I love it. I think it's great it's, for what it is. Exactly. I'm going to go with a one. I, I think that this movie established its own rules. I agree. It's self-aware. It within itself, which is great. And I'm surprised that it's not an entire genre at this point. Right. I'm going to go one. One indeed. Music. Danny, Danny fucking Elfman. Elfman. Oh, and he brings it. He brings it so damn hard. Oh, that that rock guitar. He does a full song. It's amazing. And as always, Danny Elfman will start at one. Yes, he will. I'm okay if he stays at one. I'm also okay if he stays at one. Because it is very good. It's so good. And he's the Elfman. Boom. One. One. One-liners. There's not a lot. There's, there's really not. Shoot the wings off the fly. Yeah, I guess. Cool. Neat. That's all there is. I'm going to go zero. You want me to curve a bullet? Nope, still zero. Maybe he says bend. I don't even know. No clue. Zero. And finally, we have the impact on the genre. I have no idea. No clue. (laughs) This is a weird one because this should have done really, really well because this movie cost $75 million to make. And it made $342 million, so yeah. it was a hit. Yeah. They released a full Russian version where like, they even CGI'd the title like on buildings and stuff. So it's not just dubbed. They they went in and fully redid it. Like People are re-dubbing their own lines because um, there's a few Russian actors in sure, there. Sure, sure. So it made a, a lot of money in Russia, too. But it never went anywhere. Which is crazy. Which is nuts. This is one that should have had an impact. It really should have. And it did not. And the fact that it didn't is... Now it's just known as the movie where they curve a bullet. Exactly. That's it. That is that is what this is. I'm going to go 0. .25. I like it. Because I think we're not... There's probably something we're too missing. Too far removed from yeah. this movie coming out still. I There's agree. still a little bit of like hanging on. And it's there, like a hanging chat. There is a, movie. a glimmer right now of a sequel still being possible. Of course, for the last... <laughs> whatever it is. Well, I think the most, years. the most recent talks of it were just last year so okay there you go and i think that's just because timor isn't doing much else he's like you got the time he's like hey you guys remember wanted people like that movie we should do another one he's not wrong they should do another they one. should i would and james mcavoy has said i don't care if it's a garbage script i had so much fun shooting that movie i will yeah. absolutely come back for another one there you go so that's going to give wanted a total score of 6.25 you know what that's much higher than I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be lower than that, but I'm okay with it being there. It's arbitrary. It's And it blows my mind sometimes. And that this is one where it has very much blown my mind. Yeah. And I guess on my mind being blown, we should find out what we're talking about next week. Next week, we're talking about a director we haven't got to talk about yet. 
Steven fucking Spielberg. There it is. We're going to be talking about The Adventures of Tintin. It's really just a giant celebration of Belgium. That's what it's going to turn into, I think. <laughs> Who doesn't love Belgium? Tintin is like Belgium's like major export for That's the world. Amazing. It's insane. Neat. Have you ever seen The Adventures of Tintin? Never seen The Adventures of Tintin. Okay. Although it is almost a continuation of our Edgar Wright month. It's awfully close to it. <laughs> I saw it once, and it was on like a laptop. Like I remember okay. watching it there, and I remember not caring for it. But then instantly saying, "Man, I need to watch that again." Yeah, like right after it was over. So, oh, okay. I'm very curious to watch this one again. Give it a proper a watch. proper watch. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. I can't wait to to see it next week. Next week, the adventures of Tintin. Until then, be sure to rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Like and follow us on our social media at Cape Podcasters. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox, everywhere. You know, you just go look for us. We're we might be on OnlyFans. I don't know. Give it time. <laughs> Don't say it's that. It's almost sandal season. <laughs> <laughs> you can find that and all of our episodes on capepodcasters.com. And while you're there, you can check out the link to our Patreon, where we're putting out not-so-super movies every single month. We just did Forrest Gump last month. This month, we're doing Armageddon. Oh, yes, we are. Criterion Collection movie. I couldn't believe it. Either. Armageddon. It's like spine number 40 or something like that, That's too. wild. Yep. We want to give a shout out to our two most recent patrons, Donnie Valella and Phil Hawkins. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate the support, guys. Everyone on Patreon, thank you so much. Everyone not on Patreon, head over to Patreon. We're having so much Those fun over there. Those episodes are nuts, usually. Yeah. Oh, God. The Forrest Gump one we have, is a trip. We have done some things lightly. to the not-so-super-stuff scale that are unspeakable. Honestly. Right. <laughs> Almost as unspeakable as what I saw in Washington Square Park, which you can learn about in our One Harry Met Sally episode <laughs> on Patreon. <laughs> oh, wow. That's fun. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can send them to katepodcasters at gmail.com. I do have an email. Oh. Coming to us from Michael P.S. Warren. Hi, Michael. He says, dearest Kate Podcasters, on your episode about Catwoman, which was excellent, as always. You mentioned The Master of Disguise. I'm not going to lie. I love this movie, though it has been some time since I've seen it. It would be great to hear your opinion on it, so I'm going to pull a page from the Ginger Skulls playbook and say, <laughs> do The Master of Disguise, you cowards. I hate it. I don't I hate like, it, and I love it. I don't like that I calling us cowards has become it. a thing. I saw that movie once. And I don't remember a thing about it except Turtle. I was just going to say, I've never seen it. All I know is Turtle. I'm not sure how we can fit it in to the, the comic book theme constraints, but... Maybe on Patreon. We'll, we'll take a look at it. Yeah, Son of a bitch. Might be a good one for <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> you can also submit your questions and comments to us on Facebook. Uh, every week, Dave throws up a post on the day we record asking for questions about that specific movie. We got a few Ooh. this week. Our good buddy Micah, he asks, who in your life have you wanted to hit with a keyboard? What made you want to hit them? <laughs> what would the keys spell out uh, if it were done? Keyboard to the face, you say? Seems like an obvious answer here. <laughs> I'm looking in your eyes, and I have a good feeling about who you're going to say. Uh, Mr. Dave Novak of the Ginger Skull himself. Right. He's now getting other people to call us cowards. Yeah, yeah. So that is um that's that's probably what it's gonna spell out with the keys too, because 
How dare you, sir? That's correct. Inspire others. There's a legion of skulls now. I hate it. I hate that you just built that mythology. Oh, no. Now I get a keyboard in the face. (sighs) I hate everyone, and I love everyone, and that's what hurts the most. Mike Lanham wants to know, Wanted, Salt, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Tomb Raider. She's kind of a bona fide action star. Oh, absolutely. Could she have been the female Bond? And if not, who should be? Ooh. My first thing is, she's not British. Glad you didn't say English. That's good that you stopped yourself there. Oh, I'm (laughs) well aware. (laughs) She's not British, so I'd be okay with it. But I know our friends from across the pond would probably have a problem with an American Bond. They would lose their shit, to put it lightly. Which is why Will Smith hasn't gotten it. (laughs) Among other reasons, I'm sure. Oh, God, yes. (laughs) Because I want her to play every role ever written for any British woman from now until forever. I'm just going to say Olivia Coleman, even though she doesn't fit the part at all. I'm totally okay with that. She's just amazing and everything. She's great. Couldn't do any action. Guarantee it. It'd be like a talking bond where he plays poker the entire time. Yeah. Casino Royale. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) We did it. We solved the problem. (laughs) We found our new bond. (laughs) It's Olivia fucking Coleman. The last question we have is from Phil Hawkins. He's got a wed bed behead for us. Oh, fun. And it's a bit of a, a switcheroo here because Micah had suggested a wed bed behead with Morgan Freeman's only a couple weeks ago with the Lucy. Right. We got some more. More Morgan Freeman's. Yeah. It's kind of like the Hanukkah song part two. I got another list of Morgan Freeman's, <laughs> just like you and me. He wants to know wed bed behead. Morgan Freeman from Wanted. Mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman from Lucy making mm-hmm. his return, and Morgan Freeman from The Dark Knight. Oh, oh boy. Okay, okay. This is tricky. I'm gonna kill Professor Samuel Norman. Okay, that's Lucy. He's of no use to me. Oh wait, no, he's got all the knowledge of the universe all on that flash drive. In the universe. Okay, I'm gonna marry Professor Samuel Norman. Wow, that was <laughs> a quick switch. Quick, quick leap there. Uh, that means I'm gonna I'm gonna kill Sloane. Because I was going to use him for my, my dastard deeds, but if I have all the knowledge of the universe, I really don't need a loom. <laughs> I guess not. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to fuck Lucius Fox. Well, why wouldn't you? I mean. I think that's all correct. Everything you're saying there <laughs> is right. Phil, Mike, Micah, thank you all for the questions. Brian, you got anything else? That's it for me. Fantastic. Guys, we're going to see you next week for the adventures of Tintin. Same pod time. Same pod, Calvin Klein.